What's going on, everyone? It's good to be back with you on the Tangent Podcast. This is Austin. And this is Jack. How are you guys doing today? I guess well, I can't I'm really doing, answer. <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing? Um, I'm surviving the heat wave. It is. Oh, dude, I don't. I feel like every year I forget how hot it is in the summer. And then I just hate it for three months. Yep. It's horrible. It is horrible. Can't but, even do anything outside. Yeah. But that's okay. We've got some uh, some good times and good good fun horrible mysteries to talk to you guys about today. I'm excited for this one. This one's been one that we've that we've heard about a lot. But before we get into the mystery, what are we drinking today? Oh, you know we're uh, back at it with our rainstorm clean energy peach nectarine flavor. I'm I'm anxious to try it in not a good way because I don't love the only peach things I like the flavor of are peachios. Ooh. And everybody likes a good peachio. Uh, yeah, and sometimes peaches in real life, but I don't really love peach stuff. Oh, so, I love peach stuff, but I'm not sure how nectarine I am. So we'll see about that yeah. part. Hopefully, isn't the it just like kind of the same thing as a peach? Yeah, that's what I thought. But uh, why don't we uh, why don't we crack this bad boy open and see what uh, see what she tastes like? They are a type of peach. Okay. Hmm. It smells like peachios, so that's good. Yeah, it does. Right, let's let's give this a taste. Tastes like a peachio. Ooh. Whoa. It does taste like a peachio. <clears throat> That's really good. It's like peachio's cousin is what it tastes like. Hmm. Hmm. It's weird. It's, I like that. It, I like the beginning and the after, but the middle's got like a weird tang to it. <laughs> There's three stages to this taste. The middle tastes like vitamins for sure. Yeah, you yeah, you're um, right. The beginning you get the PGO, middle you get the vitamin, and then um the end you just get like a, a light, light PGO. I don't know which, which like part a, of that is nectarine. Maybe that's the middle yeah. part. Uh, I'll give it like a 7.5. I think it's pretty good. I'm going, I'll go with the solid 7. Let's see. I'd drink it again. It wouldn't I be would my first choice. I, I don't know if I'd buy it again, though. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, I'll... considering that it is, you know, their clean version, 10 calories, zero sugar, uh, that's, that's not bad at all. I forget I'm... what the sweetener is. Oh, it's sucralose. Okay, I think we're going to die if we drink that. Is that the wait? What? I think sucralose is bad. Aren't they all bad? Probably, but Didn't are they, they worse? Say diet Coke causes cancer or something like that. Did they really? I'm sure it does. The the what aspartame? I think is what they said. They like came out oh. and said like it might cause cancer or something like that. Um, I think aspartame's the super bad one, and then uh, sucralose is also pretty bad. 
Aspartame declared possible carcinogen by the World Health Organization. Mm. But, you know, I don't... Are they in California, though? Because everything is known to cause cancer there, so... That I that's the first thing I thought when I saw this. I was like, oh, it's just another California thing. But then I said World Health Organization. And I was like, oh, what did I see? I saw I can't remember what it was, but some like random product the other day. It was I'm trying to remember what it was because it was the dumbest product that had the warning of like this is known to cause cancer in the state of California. I'm like, this isn't a food, dude. I got you. Beat. I think my desk had that sticker on it when I bought it. Your, your desk, <laughs> my desk. <laughs> what something like mm, that, that that's a new one yeah it was something stupid like a i think it was like a computer mouse or something like that like something weird but everything causes cancer now hey if everything causes cancer then like you put that label on anything and then the things that really do cause cancer you're never going to be able to trace it back so Let's uh, move on a little bit. Uh, I don't think we even had space news prepared, but oh, let's. Oh, oh, oh. I got some space news. Oh, for you got space news. Got All right, nice, nice. We didn't talk yep. about it, so I'm I'm excited to hear this. So Brian Brian May, have you have you heard that name before? Brian May, Brian, does that ring a bell? Brian May, N- no, I don't think so. Brian May is the guitarist for the band Queen. But not just your regular old meathead musician rocker. Right. He also has a PhD in astronomy and is super smart. For real? That's actually super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's like a legit genius. And um, he is writing a book or he's he's about to release a book. He didn't write it, obviously, but he's about to release a book of photographs of an asteroid that's close to the Earth. And these are all images that are gathered by the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft that uh, it took these pictures back in 2020. It's a NASA spacecraft. And so, again, super smart guy. His most, like, his his interest or, I guess, specialization in um, astrophysics phys- physics has been in uh, what's called stereoscopic photography, which is photography that simulates the human eyes to how our eyes perceive space. And so he's basically gotten these photographs of this asteroid and is turning them into this cool book because, uh, the regular human has never really seen an asteroid up close before. So they're basically hmm. mapping out this asteroid. That's really close to the earth, which is cool. Very and interesting. I thought it was cool because, uh, he's also a guitarist. So that's the first, first crossover space news we've had with, a famous rock star. That is pretty cool. Yeah, the book is set to be released, I believe. Um, let's see. In sometime this year, I'm trying to find an exact date. Um, also, apparently this asteroid has a 1 in 1800 chance of hitting the Earth in the next 100 years. That seems a little too... Yeah, I was about to say, like, oh, 1 in 18... <laughs> Wait a second. That's actually, like... That's that's plausible. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so we did have a um, mission that briefly touched down on the asteroid. And 
when it touched down, it landed on like this super squishy surface on the asteroid and it nearly swallowed the probe that like touched it. So that was kind of cool. And they brought back a sample um, and it's set to be delivered this year in September. So whatever that was, but it was weird because it was squishy, they said. And um, it's pretty big. It's 1,722 feet wide. So that is a 525 meters for our friends across the pond. Um, hmm. uh, I'm trying to figure out what that is in yards, because I think in football fields, 574 yards. So almost six Dang. football fields wide. Uh, so it's pretty big. I mean, if that hit, that'd be pretty devastating. And uh, yeah, so kind of fun. Later this year, that book is supposed to be released. So keep your eyes out for that. Fun, fun. All right. Well, now that now we've gotten our space news, uh, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the Flannan Isles Lighthouse disappearances. Kind of a it's not a very catchy name um or the flannan isle mystery is also what it's called uh but the flannan isles are uh some some islands on the outer i don't even know what that word is hebrides hebrides the hebrides i don't know hebrides or western isles sure we'll go with that the western isles of uh (laughs) of Scotland. Um, and what this bad boy is, is a lighthouse that, you know, what lighthouses do. They were, they would keep, uh, light. They would light the shores and the area around the lighthouse to show nearby, uh, ships that passing by that. Hey, look, you can see these rocks in this Island here. Don't get too close kind of thing and help light the way just general navigation and safety. This is, I don't know. Have you seen the movie uh, The Lighthouse by chance, Austin? Uh, I have not seen the movie, but is this the one with all the Willem Dafoe memes? Yes. I don't think it. Lighthouse. So it was in 2019 and it's uh, Willem Dafoe and Batman. uh, Vampire. Yeah, thank you. Um, and that is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Like straight up, is it based on this event? Uh, No, I I think the idea was conceived for it after this event, kind of thing. Okay, Uh, because the movie's about to. Uh, lighthouse keepers that basically go insane and um i don't even remember what happens at the end it's so weird but i think i i don't want to say for sure but like i'd put money on the fact that the director like took a lot of inspiration from the flannan isles so well, what do you know about the flannan isles do you know a lot or a little what's what, what's your uh forte on this I know the basic premise of the story and like some of the kind of timeline of things that have happened, but I haven't like done super extensive research. I I know basically the story that's out like 
well, we don't exactly know what happened, but yeah, I know no, we don't what happened, right? <laughs> okay, so the uh, the Flannan Isles Lighthouse is so it was built in 1899, and it is 75 feet or 23 meters, and um, basically, so in 1900, one year after it opened, this is a this is a brand new spanking lighthouse, and uh, it was opened up and ready for business. I don't know what the commissioned, christened. I don't know what you want to. Mm -hmm. What are, do, do they christen lighthouses? Probably not. That'd be funny. I don't know. What is christen? I know that you christen a new toilet in a house. I know that you christen a baby in the catholic well, church isn't that when you get a bottle of champagne and smash it against the the hole of the ship isn't that what that is oh probably i don't know i thought i don't I, know i could have that wrong you're but, probably right toilets and babies that's all i know toilets and babies that's a little disturbing <laughs> um that's all i know about christening okay in church <laughs> uh so in 1900 there were three people that were commissioned to keep look out or man the lighthouse. And this is James Ducat, Thomas Marshall and Donald MacArthur with a rotating fourth man spending time on shore. Um, so. Everything seemed pretty good. It's brand new, right? Like everything's great, whatever. But at the first record that something was abnormal was on the 15th of December of 1900 when the ste the steamer, I believe it's pronounced actor, if I remember correctly, spelt I A-R-C-H-T-O-R. Yeah. Archter is kind of what it looks like, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced actor, Arctor, something like that. Uh, it was on a passage from Philadelphia to Leith. Noted that the log, in its log, that the light was not operational in poor weather conditions, which is, you know, kind of the entire point of the thing. So <laughs> when the ship docked, um, when it finished its journey, the sighting was passed on to the Northern Lighthouse Board, which was the company that owned this lighthouse and it, well, operated it, it. Sorry, it was a, it was a, basically. Yeah, they oversaw the lighthouse, but they were also in charge of all of the lighthouses right. in Scotland. And they were basically, if anything was going wrong at a lighthouse, you had to tell them and they would investigate it and see that it was fixed. Right. And... Um... A few days later, the news was passed to the Northern Lighthouse Board, who quickly dispatched a crew to investigate. The relief vessel arrived at the island on Boxing Day, and the captain... What is Boxing Day? It's the day after Christmas. Uh, over in England and the UK, they celebrate it. It was huh. a day to... Um, shout out to my dad for this fact, because he told me this. Um, he lived in... He w went on a mission to England, but Boxing Day is the day after Christmas, and... It was the day where people would go and give gifts to the poor people and things like that. But then also yeah. a day when the servants like the servants would serve the family on Christmas Day. After Christmas Day, they would have basically their Christmas. So Ooh. that's what Boxing Day was. Hmm. Fun fact for us all. 
Uh, anyway, the relief vessel arrived on the island of Boxing Day. Uh, the captain, Jim Harvey, signaled with the ship's horn, and there was no reply. Did the horn, I think, twice, no reply, and then they had the fire flare um, into the sky, maybe thinking they didn't hear it or something like that. Uh, again, no reply. So I, the weird thing with that is typically like it's it was tradition. So all of these people at the lighthouse at this time. So James Duquette, Thomas Marshall and Donald MacArthur, even though the lighthouse is only a year old, they were all like veterans in the game. Right. Like they've been doing this for a long time and it was it was custom and tradition that when a boat, especially a relief boat, would honk the horn like the cap, like the head uh, keeper of the lighthouse would come down. Like it was always known that you just went down and saw the boat when they right. got there. That was like the custom. And so it was like a pretty big red flag to them that no one came down. Like it wasn't just a weird thing of like, oh, like, yeah, we honked it, but they just didn't come. It was like, no, we honked it. Why aren't they here? Like they should be here right now. Right. And I think what like if you're on the ship, you see that the. Well, first, you're told that the light on the lighthouse is out. So you go to investigate. And when you get there, it's still out. You're going, something's not right here. And then you honk the horn, fire a flare, and no one comes out to meet you. This is the point where they go, okay, something's bad. Something bad happened. Like, this is not normal. This would not be happening if everything was okay kind of thing. So this is the uh, that tipping point, I guess. Um, so a boat was launched, uh, and jo- Joseph Moore, the relief keeper was put ashore and he found the entrance gate to the compound and the main door were both closed, the beds unmade and the clock unwound returning to the landing stage with this grim news. He then went back up to the lighthouse with, uh, the ship Hesperus's second mate and seaman. The uh, further search revealed that the lamps had been cleaned and refilled. A set of oil skins were found, suggesting that one of the keepers had left the out, um, left the lighthouse without them. There was no sign of any keeper, neither inside the lighthouse nor anywhere on the island. So going over that a little bit, it's a little weird. I don't understand. Like, first, let's see. Uh, the main door was closed. The gate was closed. Beds were unmade. I don't know if it's. Do you know if it's like uh, required by the keepers to keep a clean and tidy space like their de- beds are supposed to be made? So is that weird that their beds were unmade or. So um, in what I was reading about this, I read that. Yeah, the beds weren't made, so I don't know if this was part of their morning routine, but some of the other chores that they had to do had been done. So the investigators did know that a lot of their morning chores or like they had like a checklist of things they had to do every day. And I remember them saying that when they came in, there was a meal that had been made and they said they didn't find any like fire going in the firebox. There wasn't any sign of a recent fire. So they thought that it had been a while since the meal had been made, but that most of the morning chores or that morning checklist had been done. So it doesn't seem like the beds would be part of that, but you never know. Maybe uh-huh. maybe they were, and you just, I don't know, some some mornings I hate making my bed too. So 
every morning. Um, but, but yeah, it was weird because a lot of the morning stuff was done. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you know how long clocks lasted back then? Back then, I believe you had to wind clocks yourself. And after a while, they would stop and you'd have to rewind it. And it says here the clock was unwound. I don't know how long those last. So. Uh, so in my research, the clock that they probably would have had and in some kind of secondhand accounts from the investigators there, the clocks were supposed to have lasted a week. And so um, if we think that it's now December 26th, so the day after Christmas, it's been 11 days total since the actor Arctur passed and saw the light off. And who knows how long before that even. Right. Um, Because, I mean, they they had to be refueled. You know, the lighthouses have to be refueled. And um, if I remember correctly, they they. uh, The light. um, Is uses like a burning oil. And I don't remember how much time, but I don't know if the light has to like if if you can refuel the lighthouse like while it's going or you have to turn it off because at this time it was a burn, you know, you had to burn stuff. And so, yeah, um, I don't know at that point when the light was off, maybe they were refueling it or something when the Arctur passed. But so it's been 11 days since the Arctur passed to Boxing Day. Now they send this ship. And so they're obviously going with some like urgency, right? Like, oh, man, this lights off. We've got to go figure out. But there was some severe weather in the area, and that's why it took them until Boxing Day to get there. Mm-hmm. So remember, they couldn't see. They noted that they couldn't see the light in the poor weather conditions. And so right. there was obviously a storm or something that blocked them from getting there for 11 days. But then they get there. They find a meal that's been made, but no sign of a fire. Most of the chores have been done. And I don't know what time of day they got there, but I um, don't know that either. Uh, yeah, so then then this clock that you mentioned would have supposedly, if they wound it, was supposed to last for a week. So that could indicate that it had last been a week since, or more, you know, at least a week um, since the clock had last been wound. One, one other thing I thought was weird. The oil skins that you mentioned, so that was like their coat, right? Their yeah, waterproof the clothing. Um, I thought that it was weird... So it was said that only one set was found. So three of the men. Well, yeah, so it goes had... into a little bit more depth oh, here. Okay. It says that two of three oil skin coats were were found hung in the entryway. Or sorry, two of the three hung in the entryway were missing. So, yes, there was only one found. Mm-hmm. But there were right. three so... sets, meaning probably the other two were being worn by the people when they went missing. Right. Well, what's weird to me is this is December, right? So um, oil skins weren't only their like waterproof clothing, but like their warm clothing, too. Um, So obviously they're on an island. They probably get storms a lot. Rain waves. They want waterproof clothing, but it's the middle of December, too. So you want something to keep you warm. Right. And I can imagine that like I I lived when I lived in Panama, I literally lived 20 feet from the ocean shore and I lived in a hut and it's hot there in the day, super hot. But at night right next to the ocean, it got super cold. Like Hmm. it'd get down into the sixties, but then you get that wind coming off the ocean and it would like, you'd freeze. It was so cold. And so, um, I can imagine 
Scotland in December on an island next to the ocean, all the wind and everything. Like, it's weird to me that two of the oil skins were gone and one wasn't because that would indicate like, like you got to think, why is that oil skin still there? Did the did the person that belonged to like, did he rush out to help the other two or like, why did why were they able to get theirs? Yeah. He wasn't able to get his, you know, or like, did he purposely leave it behind or my, have to flee and just couldn't grab it? Like my guess is something like something happened uh you know they had to go fix something they had to attend to something and so two of them went out to do it while one stayed back and made sure everything was still working inside whatever and maybe something happened and they called for help and it was so urgent that the guy just ran out the third one just like not you know not getting ready for the weather at all that would be right. my guess, but I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just maybe he's one of those tough guys. It's like you know, thirty degrees outside and wearing shorts. Look, it's not cold out here. Like, I'm not cold. <laughs> I, I'm sweating right now, actually. He had his kilt on. He's fine. Um. All right. Let's see. Uh, next on the list. Uh, when he arrived, he discovered the lighthouse door was unlocked. Two of the three oil skins and hung in the entryway were missing. In the kitchen area, he found half-eaten food and an overturned chair that suggested someone had left in a hurry. Moore's research found nothing else in the lighthouse, so he returned to inform the captain, who ordered an immediate search of the rest of the island. The search was ultimately fruitless, but they did find signs that the island had been hit by a massive storm. Uh, the supply box near the western landing platform had been smashed to pieces and its contents thrown across the ground, even though it was over 100 feet above sea level. Turf had been ripped up from the top of the cliff, iron railings had bent and deformed, a railway track was torn from its concrete moorings, and an enormous rock weighing more than one ton was missing. Mm. So, if it was a storm, that was one gnarly storm. Yeah, I mean, waves are crazy, but 200 feet. So so that turf, I saw that it was 200 feet up on the cliff and it had been ripped away. Um, yeah, the Flatland like, Isles Lighthouse sits over 200 feet above sea level and is otherwise isolated on a sparse island. Yeah, and there's it's a big cliff, not like a gradual up. It's like 90 degree off a cliff, like 200 feet up. So, so like 200 feet up, but then also about 30 feet in from the edge of the cliff. So like 200 foot wave, like if it's exactly the height of the cliff, it might like lap the grass right off the edge of the cliff. But it had to be way over 200 feet to get 30 feet inland off of that cliff. Right. Um, but then, yeah, like the iron railway and then the rock, too. Did yeah, they say was... if they like, did you read if they ever found that rock or was it just gone? Like, uh... Um, all it says is the rock was missing. Let's see. Um, I think it probably just fell into the ocean would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting turf out of the ground, the dirt's probably wet and then it just slides off or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's see. With no sign of the missing men, Harvey sent a telegram to the mainland. Harvey's the captain with which was passed back to the Northern Lighthouse Board in Edinburgh edinburgh it read quote 
A dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the Occasional, have disappeared from the island. On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was seen on the island. Fired a rocket, but no response was made. Managed to land more who went up to the station but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped, and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Harvey concluded, Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. So, it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal there. Like, I, don't, I don't know. It's like, I mean, yeah. Storm makes the most sense, but also at the same time, a storm, like, remember we were just talking about it, 200 feet up, a, a, a freaking one-ton rock, railings pulled out of concrete. Does, that, that doesn't sound like an, a storm to me. That sounds like, uh, I don't know. A uh, uh, Kraken. The apocalypse? Yeah, a Kraken, <laughs> something like that, like. I don't know. Let's see. I mean, some of those storms, you never know. It... I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, on December 29th, 1900, Robert Muirhead, a Northern Lighthouse Board superintendent, arrived to conduct the official investigation into the incident. Muirhead had originally recruited all three of the missing men and knew them personally. He examined the clothing left in the lighthouse and concluded that Ducat and Marshall had gone down to the west, west western landing stage and that MacArthur, the occasional, had left the lighthouse during heavy rain in his shirt sleeves. He noted that whoever left the light last and unattended... Oh my gosh. We noted that whoever left the last light and unattended was in the breach of NLB rules. He also noted that some of the damage was to the West Landing was difficult to believe unless actually seen. He said in his report, from evidence which I was able to procure, I satisfied that the men had been on duty up till dinner time on Saturday the 15th of December, that they had gone down to secure a box in which the mooring ropes, landing ropes, etc. were kept, and which was secured in a crevice in a, the rock about 110 feet above sea level and that an extra-large sea uh, had rushed up the face of the rock, had gone above them, and coming down with immense force, had swept them completely away. I, I mean, so the official stories, a big wave took them away. But here's the thing. We have no idea. I mean... Wouldn't have any other ship or anyone noticed, like, dang, there was a crazy storm around here, like, a few days ago, kind of thing. No? No one saw that, I guess? So here's the weird thing, is, so if we remember on the 11th of December, that's when um, the ship passed by and noticed that the, the, yep, actor. the actor passed by, noticed that the lighthouse was off. So then when they get and they do the investigation on the island after realizing these guys are gone, um, they realize that the logbook that the men kept, so they had to keep a very strict logbook of all their activities, weather, things like that. They had kept 
the logs up until the 15th of December. And so there were four days in there that uh, basically they knew they knew they were alive. Right. And so um, in that log book, there were some strange entries um, in was it Marshall in his handwriting and uh, it said that the weather was the worst that he'd seen in over 20 years. Um, he also said that MacArthur was, had been crying. All the men had been praying and things like that. So like they recognize this is this bad weather, like this is horrible. But then they also, um, in the log, they, and, uh, listed the count of a lot of that damage that occurred. So they were able to theorize that all that damage occurred while the men were still alive and they kind of witnessed that happening. <clears throat> and so that's the last day that the log was kept was on the 15th. So then 11 days after that, um, the men, the rescue crew gets there and the final log entry, um, all it says on December 15th says storm ended, sea calm. God is overall. <laughs> um, so that's kind of, kind of weird. It is. It is worth noting, though, in my in uh, research into this, I also did find those log entries. It is highly debated if those are real or not. Really? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Know. Some people say it's like, yeah, this is real or whatever. Some people say, no, this was like added, you know, in the big game of telephone kind of thing. Interesting. So take that as you will, but still so pretty crazy. So are you saying they're debated on if those were actually in the logbook or if they were in the logbook and they were forgeries like? No, that there wasn't. They weren't even written down at all. Oh, OK. OK. Gotcha. I think Let's, so somewhere in the story that, find that. that popped up through somebody, but we don't know where. OK, right. Is somebody retold the story and added that and it just stuck onto it. That's what some people say. But but does that does that go along saying that? the last day that the log was kept was December 15th as well. Cause from everything I read, that was pretty well known that up until the 15th, I log. not now entirely I'm, sure. Now I'm questioning that. Hmm. Well, that could play into some of the, some of the theories maybe of, of how the men disappeared. Um, so yeah, the, the official story is the big wave, right? If, if it was true that the log was kept in, uh, MacArthur saying that, or Marshall saying this is the worst weather he's seen in over 20 years. And if he's on islands a lot in Scotland, like he's going to see some pretty rough. Right. Weather, right. Like it, I think this had to be really bad. If, if some of them were like, this is the worst we've ever seen. Um, yeah. Um, here's a theory of the, the big wave thing. It says, uh, in high seas or storms, water would rush into the cave and then explode out again with considerable force. A uh, cave where they, the Geos, yeah, the West Landing Geos. Uh, anyway, so it it was possible that MacArthur may have seen a series of large waves approaching the island, and knowing likely the danger to his colleagues, ran down to warn them, only to be washed away as well. So that's that like goes behind the. You know, he ran out without grabbing his coat kind of thing because it was that urgent kind of thing, even though it's like required by their rules that one person has to be 
tending the light at all times. It said that earlier that mm-hmm. he left knowing that it was a violation of rules, meaning it had to have been pretty serious. Right. Um, let's see. Recent research by James Love dis- discovered that Marshall had previously f- uh, been fined five shillings when he's, his equipment was washed away during a huge gale. So it is likely in seeking of, to avoid another fine that he and Ducat tried to secure their equipment during the storm and were swept away as a result. The fate of MacArthur, although required to stay behind to man the lighthouse, can be guessed to be the same. Um, There. So that's the, I mean, most believable answer. But there are some other theories, one of which is. Crap, what are they called? Uh, Mermaids that sing. Sirens. Sirens. Uh, that is one theory is that sirens lured them off the island and drowned them. A little less believable, but who knows? So, yeah. Um, that I don't know if I believe sirens because you got to think like three grizzled men. I don't know much about sirens, <laughs> but... Three grizzled men, like, it just seems weird to me that they'd be, like, enchanted and jump off this cliff into the ocean for a mermaid. Yeah, they, got, they got magical powers, you know? That's kind of the point. Um, another more believable theory is that uh, MacArthur was apparently a volatile character, and them being on the lighthouse alone for that long may have led to a fight breaking out um, that either caused all three men to fall to their deaths on the landing or that he killed the two people and knew that he was screwed and threw their bodies in the ocean and jumped in himself to avoid consequences. Uh, So a double murder-suicide. But... I don't know about that one because I don't think they would, you know, employ him out there if they thought that was a risk. And I mean, is this again, this wasn't their first rodeo kind of thing. He's, they've all done this multiple times. And I think if they would have had issues with him before, they maybe wouldn't. But I don't know. It does say he was a volatile character. Maybe he's the only one that would do it. Something like that. Um, so there's another theory that. Yeah, you, you also got to think like, have you ever had a really bad roommate or something that you just don't get along with or hate? You, yeah. Like these guys had been out there for a while, just the three of them with no other human contact. Like, I'm sure there was a lot of tension between the three at times, especially oh, yeah. with such like a high risk job, like a stressful job. And so I don't think it's out of a reasonable thought that somebody could just snap, right? Or like go crazy. One, you've got like the social aspect of going crazy out there by yourselves. You got no other contact and you're just working all the time. I'm sure you're tired and just lonely. And then two, like you're probably sick of each other. So yeah, I think it could be easily theorized that one of them could have just completely snapped. Uh, go watch the uh, the lighthouse, and that one will make a lot more sense to you. <laughs> All 
All right, you ready to? I'm gonna spitfire speed round some more theories. You ready for these? Yep. Uh, the keepers were lost at sea. Obviously, we already talked about that one. The keepers were lured to their deaths by phantoms of the seven hunters. I believe that goes hand in hand with like the sirens kind of thing. A paranormal thing lured them to their death. I don't know what the phantoms of the seven hunters are. Uh, uh, well, the see. seven hunters are the, the Flannan Isles. It was another name for the islands themselves. Oh. I don't know exactly why they were called the seven hunters, but maybe it was because of how many ships had crashed there. But yeah, okay. the, that's what the names. Uh, wait, where did my there we go uh, next? The keepers were left the island by boat to escape debt, escape debts. That's an interesting one. Um, maybe they were, you know, had bad lives, were in big, huge amount of debts. They basically faked their deaths and rode away somewhere else and had new identities. Hmm. It, um, uh, you got anything on that one? Um, that one, like it's. It is weird that they never found much evidence of like a fight. The only thing they ever found was like a chair that was tipped over. So the fact that they never found any evidence of a fight or somebody murdering people or of them dying there on the island, like to me shows obviously the bodies aren't there anymore. And right. so um, if the storm did calm down enough for people to come rescue, like, relieve them then it would have been calm enough for them to leave too um so yeah that that could be very likely i maybe staged the everything else yeah yeah they could have easily staged like well i don't know how how can you stage pulling uh uh railings out of concrete and pushing a one-ton rock off the cliff now that i think was legit because there obviously was severe weather but maybe they saw that as their opportunity of like, oh, people are going to think we died. We could just easily yeah. leave. So they use that as their cover. But then again, if they faked the log entries too, I mean, who knows if those are real or not, but then they did say the storm was gone. So I don't know. Um, I think that's a likely one. I think that that and the wave are the two most likely to me <laughs> because that, like not only are, if you're escaping, not only are you, like escaping a debt, like you said, or something, but you're just like getting out of your crappy job. What if they just hated it? <laughs> like, we'll all it's just fair. take our deaths and go like. um, Yeah, I think those are the two most likely. They're the two most like the natural wave one is obviously the most plausible with the weather and everything. Um, But yeah, all the other theories are, are kind of outlandish, like aliens or whatever. Yeah, there's uh. The keepers were spirited away by a ghost ship. And this one's my personal favorite. The keepers were carried away by a giant seabird. Ooh, uh, that's that's got to be it. And then the last one is keepers were abducted by foreign spies. That one I've heard, too. And it sounds weird because, like, why would they want lighthouse keepers? I don't I, like was there anything with that theory where they said why they were abducted by spies? Uh, not that I found in just, you know, 
finding theories. I didn't really look into that one. I can see really quick. Maybe. I, I mean, I'd heard that one. I just wasn't able to find any. Yeah, why? Like, I don't know why. Behind it. Also, uh, have you seen a photo of these men? Uh, yes. Uh, they have the most magnificent mustaches I've ever seen in my life. Look up any picture from 1900 and the facial hair is just <laughs> it's pretty good. Like. But yeah, those those guys do. Uh, let's, I can't find anything on it, so I I couldn't tell you. I but, just I'm wondering like why they would want lighthouse keepers yeah. unless there was unless they wanted to take over the lighthouse so that they could lead ships astray or something. I don't know, but <laughs> dude, that guy in the middle, Who knows? his mustache is like it looks oh. like a broom head. It really does. Looks like somebody's toupee flew onto his face. Yeah. <laughs> It does. Um, uh, a- aliens are another fun one that they got abducted by some aliens, which uh, aliens are always an option for any mystery. You can always just say aliens and. But let's see, I just I, I I mean, this one is easy for me to get behind that, like they were just swept out to sea by the weather. I. I want to believe something outlandish, but. It just it doesn't seem that crazy to me. I don't know. What are what are your thoughts? Like, what's your theory that you actually think is the most plausible? I mean, it's got to be the storm. The thing is, like, I I don't know. That seems like quite the storm to do all those things. But then again, what else could cause all that stuff? You know, the turf being ripped up, the the supply boxes being smashed to the the railing being torn out of the concrete kind of thing. Like, yeah, storm in my mind is like, man, that would have to be quite the storm. But like, there's no other option. Yeah, I mean, so to be fair, you talked about like the geo on the the island. So, yeah, the the geo, yeah, it's like a basically an inlet in a cliff, right? You see them like if you look up Scotland scenery on Google, you're going to see where basically just where it juts in sharply from a cliff. And so the water in there can funnel super hard and just shoot up. And so geyser kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like a geyser, but that shape, it just naturally like rockets the water up. And so you get a couple of those. And I, yeah, I, I mean, if it was right by like a geo that the turf was washed away and everything, I could definitely see that like a 200 foot plus wave I'm a little more skeptical about <laughs> but you never know I mean these are 20 miles off the shore of mainland Scotland so they're out there like they're definitely out there yeah but and, 20 miles I don't think that's enough to be like completely oblivious to a storm of this magnitude happening yeah yeah like it I just I just can't believe that in these reports it doesn't say uh, we think it was the storm that happened last week at about, you know, this time where we think they it happened and was a massive storm. It must have been even worse over there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so I I did read um, somewhere and I've been trying to look it up and I can't find it. But the nearest other human to them at the time was 18 miles away. And 
they in their logs they also claimed that they were at a lighthouse too but in their logs they also claimed that there was pretty severe weather so it wasn't mm. just like a localized thing there like it was a huge massive massive storm and if the log entries are true it was the worst storm they'd seen in 20 years right so i think you're right i i've seen waves i've been in a boat with like 60 foot waves before and those those are high but it's like it's not the craziest wave i've ever seen like in a movie or something like i've seen bigger than that you know like even surf waves are like how big are surf waves let's see surf waves are um Oh, it says one to two feet. Oh, that's for beginners. Um, <laughs> but like you see in a movie, the wave like with a pipeline in it, like in Hawaii, those waves yeah. are huge, right? Like I'd say I would guess like 10 to 20 feet tall, but um, like a breaking wave. And so, I mean, to think that it's 10 times bigger than that, like in a massive storm. Plus, I think the structure of the islands encourages waves like that to happen. Like you see all the time the reason that tsunamis get so big is because they hit like a reef or something. And then it causes the water to shoot up basically. Right. And so, I mean, in that area, if the stars align and you just get a freak weather incident, it could happen. But I think the geos had more to do with it than like an actual massive wave. I don't know. Uh, For context uh, or comparison, I mean, it looks like to to be considered big wave surfing, it has to be at least 20 feet high. Okay. And that the largest wave ever surfed uh, was 86 feet high. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so dude. really big. But still, that's not even half of what this wave supposedly was. Okay. And here's my other problem with the. You know being swept off into the sea kind of thing wouldn't have at least something washed to shore kind of thing like a coat uh body uh a shoe uh a necklace uh, a hat something you would think yeah you would i guess if it did take him a week to get there it's very possible that it went away but i mean they are 20 miles out too if it got stuck in a current in the ocean mm. and it's just getting like thrown That's around. Fair. In the ocean I guess this isn't like years. a beach. This is an aisle. So there's not really like a, yeah, it could be going any direction, not just towards the thing. I yeah. don't know. I think of the Malaysian airlines flight. They didn't find much from that. And they theorized that it got well, they caught did in the find ocean. stuff, but I'm, I think it they was, planted that. Yeah. And what they did find was like super far away in a current, right? Like it, it was it, like it was in Africa. No, South America. It was somewhere Africa. over there. Yeah, I think Madagascar South, or something, South, right? South, yeah, it was Madagascar. That's right. South Africa area. But like, like imagine in 1900, if you find a shoe and you're over in the United States and you find this random shoe, you don't know about this disappearance in Scotland. Like they probably, there probably was stuff, but they were never able to tie it at the time to this disappearance. You know, it's like, Oh, just a random shoot, but the bodies you'd think that they'd wash up on shore or some, yeah. Like you said, some identifying item, but nothing was ever found. Oh, geez. Wow. All right. I was just curious uh, how big tsunamis are. Mm-hmm. It says 
usually about a hundred feet. Oh my gosh! So this is so, a legit tsunami again, like <laughs> twice the size of a tsunami. Holy cow! Oh wow! Unless it was the Saint Helen's mega tsunami in 1980, that was apparently 200 meters. Isn't that like a lot of feet? Wait. <laughs> That's a that's a ton of six hundred something, yeah. Yeah. Dang. Okay, so they can get big. Never mind. They can get real big. Who knows what happened to them? And I'm guessing we never will. As is the the case with most of the things we talk about, which is really unfortunate. Probably not. Um Yeah. I think it was the wave. That's my theory. And if it wasn't yeah, the wave, it was one hundred percent aliens. Uh, Occam's Razor. Is that what's happening here? Do you know what Occam's Razor is? Isn't that like whatever bad happens? Oh, no, that's the that's Murphy's uh, you're, Yeah, you're, Occam's Razor is basically uh, the simplest answer is usually the correct answer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's see. The simplest ex- explanation is preferable to one that is more complex. So to me, like everything points to it being like an emergency. So they woke up, they got some of their chores done. Um, they had food going and two of the guys probably went out to do something. So they took their coats. The third guy's in there cleaning up or doing breakfast or whatever. And he looks out the window and sees, oh, crap, my friends are in trouble. Let me run out and help them. And then they all die. That's my thought. And like you said, yeah, it's the simplest. That's got to and- be what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most exciting mystery, but it is interesting. Very interesting. Um, Any last thoughts that you have on this one? Uh, Don't be a lighthouse keeper. Well, they're now all automated, so that job is, is said and done. That's fair. Uh, don't go out on an island in the middle of a what is should be one of the most insane storms in history. Here's the thing. Don't ever go near the ocean because that's where the aliens have their secret bases. And that's where the giant 200 foot freak waves come and will sweep you into the sea. So live in a state like Utah. That's far away from the ocean. And uh, yeah, never go to the ocean. Awesome. Uh, well, that that wraps it up for the old Flannan Isles mystery. Thanks for listening, y'all. Yeah, I highly recommend if you enjoy the story of lighthouse keepers and mystery and stuff like that to check out the movie The Lighthouse. Uh, it is mind bogglingly weird, but it's still an enjoyable movie. I think I'm still trying to to make up my mind on that one i've been looking at pictures and it looks weird i don't don't it's super weird it's black and white i don't know if uh, that deters some people Hmm. um very well done though i will say that willem dafoe freaking kills that part he there's one part where he goes on like a drunken ramble for like like five straight minutes they said they did it in one take and it was just it was incredible but um, he's a weird dude. Oh, yeah. And 
Let us know what else you guys want to hear. I'm debating. Ooh, I don't know about this. I had an idea, Austin. Do we want to? Well, I guess that would basically be like a, I was thinking about like, what if we made like a small website where people could like submit suggestions and also like when we post something, you can like comment on it and have like a conversation about said episode um, with other people who have listened to it. I like that. I like that too. And I, I'm, I'm trying to actually sharpen my uh, IT skills resume. So I might do that just for fun. Nice. Like to, you know, but I don't know. Let, let me know what you guys think about that. But, and also what else you want to hear, uh, but you got anything else to close this out or. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We're sorry it's been a while. We will be back, hopefully, with the weekly content. And, yeah, let us know what you want to hear. We appreciate the support. Shout out to our uh, less than 1% listeners in Honduras who made us number eight on the Apple podcast true crime genre in Honduras. We love you guys, too. <laughs> that's, that's and the most. <laughs> yeah, we got number eight in Apple podcast true crime subgenre in honduras like i don't i don't think that's uh i don't think you get any more niche than that no, no we've we have cracked i've I, have you ever heard another show make that claim before not not even rogan i don't even know if rogan could say that i don't think he right. can i think he i yeah we got him beat there yep so uh you you guys made it happen and let's hit let's see number seven honduras yep. let's go <laughs> Let's see number eight in the U.S. too. I, uh, we would love that. But thanks for the support. Yeah, that'd be and, incredible. And we love you guys. Again, reach out with ideas. And we hope you have a great day. <laughs>